Hello and welcome to another edition of Scions of the Southland. As always, I am Akshay Warren, and joining me once again from beautiful Chicago, Illinois, is Mr. Jake Grant. How are you doing tonight, sir? Uh, can't complain. It's uh, a little icy, a little snowy here, but uh, you know, we're, we're, we're holding in. It's a nice change from the uh, Atlanta winter of uh, rain, so you know. I'll get that soon enough. Hey, we get, you know, we get two weeks of freezing cold every year. It's it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, I always uh, get to feel, uh, how, how do you say, um, I'm not going to say self-absorbed. That's bad. Um, right holier than thou. Yeah, holier than thou about the weather. Hey, at least we salt our roads now. That's, that is smart. I, I do appreciate that being a driver now in Atlanta. But uh you know, did 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 the shoveling stuff like that, and and uh, got to watch actually kind of a lot of basketball today. So it was kind of a tech day, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we had the uh, doubleheader on ACC Network. We had the women's basketball game versus Notre Dame, uh, followed by the men's basketball game uh, hosting Wake Forest. We'll get to that. Uh, we also had a bunch of football news roll in. Uh, we'll get to that as well. So, Mr. Grant, let's throw on our usual 30, 35 minutes on the clock here, uh, and let's get going. Uh, what say you? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. Three, two, one. Let's go. Women's basketball this week. Uh, winless. 0-2. There's really no polite way to put this. Um, the first game was on New Year's Eve. Versus number three, North Carolina State. And we talked about that for two weeks running. Um, that was always going to be a tough game. And North Carolina State kind of came out shooting and shooting well. Yeah, um, I, we always expected that. Honestly, Tech reeled them in at the end. I didn't. I don't know how much of that was because we got good or because they got uh, tired or, or, or whatever. I think the biggest expectation for this was we beat them in their building last year, but doing that again was always going to be a tall order. Um, I don't know. We, we didn't look bad. Or correction, I listened to this on the radio because thanks RSNs. Um, <laughs> but uh, from the sound end of things, they sounded all right. I uh, I don't know. It, it's a little bit harder to judge when you can't actually you know, use the eye test, but yeah, I I think this was one. Yeah. I I think this is one where they played well. It's just that NC state played better. Um, And so it's just, you know, when you're playing a national contending team and you're still, you're on the tier of conference contender, there's all, there's still going to be a gap, right? That uh, a lot of that, a lot of difference in statistics is accounted for, um, Maybe maybe talent, maybe the maybe something else, but there's still that massive gap between the two programs, and I think it's it's sort of a benchmark. I think how we think of in a certain way the Clemson game is a benchmark for the football program, at least how competitive it is in that game, uh, in terms of where the program is. I think the NC State game um, and games against these other top four, top three opponents in the conference. Uh, who are also who also happen to be national contenders? Those fall into the same category, um, and in this case, it was like it was a reasonable loss. I think it was only it was by less than twenty. I 
I'm fine with it, honestly. Yeah. Um, again, I think we, we got a lot of hope from, again, beating them last year in their building. But we, we were an older team last year, too, really. So, I, I don't know. It, the NC State loss isn't the one that I go, mm, I wish I had that one back, you know? But the one that you might wish you had back is to, uh, this afternoon's game uh, versus Notre Dame, which was a two-point loss for Tech. This one, I know you you were listening to it on the radio, perchance, but I, I was watching this one on TV, and this was end-to-end, um, r- really fun. It was like it was like watching a really good soccer game where both teams were really into it, both teams were going for it, and especially during the first half of that third quarter when nobody on the court could miss a shot. It was really fun and really stressful. Um, it just kind of came down to possession by possession, um, defensive execution, and at a certain point, Tech could not generate stops late in the game. Um, and then they clanked a potential game-tying shot off the rim. So, Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the uh, they had the ball in the right hands for who you want to be taking taking the last shot. If I, don't get me wrong, but I believe it was Lottinen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, again, a l- little hard when you're on the radio. But uh, um, what was I going to say? That that's what you need. They had Kira Fletcher back uh, this week, and and you really like to see that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Okay, the biggest nonsense about this is why did we play Notre Dame twice in their building? Yeah, I I think we noted that when the schedule came out. This I thought was it was that, <laughs> until they got yeah. on the phone yesterday. It's weird. Um, like that can't be an Indiana COVID thing. There are no COVID laws in Indiana. Well, there's some, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's not like we're talking about New York here or, or California. So so here here's my here's my guess because we like like we were saying we had the women's basketball game and the men's basketball game back to back, but. Uh, in times past, especially when I was on campus, when we had when we did the back to backs, the women's game was usually at noon and the men's game was usually at six. In this case, the women's game was at what, four uh, and then the men's game started at six. So in order to preserve and fill the TV slots, they might have um, might have, you know, bumped around the schedule. Yeah. Um... Like still going to their building twice doesn't make sense. Why not send them to McCamish for the opener? Because they're not on our schedule again. I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm just trying to make excuses for I'm, a media conglomerate here. Question: Just because of the nature, you and I, we're not ACC network executives. We're not ACC folks, but it, it's still weird, right? Like I, I I can't imagine. I I can't picture this happening in basketball women's basketball even tennis like I, i've just never seen this before oh i'm sure if we were a tobacco road team this would not have happened mm, i mean you know i'm not you, saying that i'm not pointing any fingers i'm not naming any names i'm just saying so uh, july 1st right that's when we get jim phillips yeah i think that's when the uh that's when the new year turns over or the new academic acad- athletic year turns over <laughs> We should throw him a Zoom party and see if he shows up. Uh, I will keep that one under podcast co-host consideration. 
All right. Sounds sounds uh, bueno. Okay. Just to wrap things up on the women's basketball side, their next games are on January 7th. That will be at Little John Coliseum versus Clemson. That is 7 p.m. on ACC Network Extra, best I could find on ESPN. Um, and then their game after that is on the 10th, uh, hosting Virginia Tech, and that's 2 p.m. on your local RSN. Let's move on to the afternoon cap, night cap. I don't know. I need a word for that. Uh, the men's basketball game versus Wake Forest. Uh, they did play one other game, but I want to talk about the Wake Forest game while it's still fresh in our memory. This was a little bit of a boat race uh, against a first-year head coach at Wake Forest and Steve Forbes. Yeah, um, I mean, the Wake Forest game, I'll, I'll admit I, I jumped into about eight minutes left in the first is when I finally got it working on the radio. That's the theme this week. Um, but the dulcet tones of Andy Demetra didn't uh, didn't disappoint. What was confusing to me was by the time I did get in front of a TV, Wake Forest just didn't look up to speed in any aspect of the game. Like they, it did not look like we were playing an ACC team out there. And I don't know if that's because they've been on the shelf for so long or or what. But I don't even know how I can judge Steve Forbes after that. Like th- this is just a completely new big question mark to me, you know? Yeah, I, I think COVID and practice restrictions and, and all that sort of stuff doesn't doesn't help. Uh, and we'll talk about that in relation to uh, football power rankings a bit. But, um, like, you, it's just been a weird year, and especially to break in a new head coach in a weird year, it's hard to evaluate. It's hard to really define success in any way, shape, or form at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, they they haven't even played an ACC team. I guess the the one parallel, other than obviously head to head, is we both played Delaware State. So can dig into that. The vaunted Delaware State Hornets. I will not have you slandering their good name, sir. I, I think we could never play Delaware State again, and I I wouldn't really miss it to be completely honest with you. Fair, fair enough. Um, moving, I guess back along uh the other game that was played during this week uh was uh the day before new year's eve new year's eve eve uh on the 30th versus unc um you know 2016-17 acc coach of the year josh pastor he's just he's just back on his bs man i don't i don't know what else to say (laughs) yeah um i mean I don't know. I, I'm not convinced. I I honestly think the ACC basketball scene, especially on the men's side, is really anybody's ball game. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Florida State and us, like we didn't beat them, but you're you're going to take a loss. That wasn't a beatdown by any means. Um, so, I, I I'm not going to say I'm surprised by this result. We have an old team. We have a veteran team. We beat North Carolina last year. Like they've done this before. It when when and if knocking on some wood, we get the chance to take down Duke. That's really the only team we haven't mm-hmm. seen really any success against with with Passner, but with the ACC being wide open, UNC, you're darn right they could get you, especially in our own building. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 
I don't know how Virginia is going to shake out. I don't know how Virginia Tech's going to shake out. We we've kind of been hit or miss with them too, but we beat a top five Louisville team last year. We've kind of had at least mixed or if not better success with both of our home and homes each year, Clemson and Notre Dame. I don't know. Georgia Tech can shoot a three ball pretty well this year, enough to keep them in games. And really, you know, as long as they're not in foul trouble, I think that's, uh, I think that's probably a, a recipe that could give us a lot of success in the conference. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we've been talking about year over year is limiting turnovers and making sure the big man stays out of foul trouble. Um, And I think just from anecdotal evidence, I don't have any stats to back this up on hand, but just from anecdotal evidence, I think they've been much better about managing the load on Moses Wright now that he's basically the only big man without James Banks on the court. I, I think rotating him in and even maybe the way that he's been trained to play the game has been um, not 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 aggressive, but it's definitely less aggressive in, you know, the foul producing way, I would say. It's not a great way of explaining that, but it, it's it's sort of the way that I'm in, intuiting what I'm seeing. Um, I, I can't speak to the turnovers, though, that that's still a problem that I, I don't know. I, I got nothing on that one. Yeah, um, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the next two games will give us another two interesting tests. Uh, we got Notre Dame um, on the road, 7 p.m. on the 6th. So that's that's Wednesday. And then uh, this weekend against Louisville. Is Louisville on the road too or no? No, that one's at home. Eight on the 9th. Which, which day is the 9th? Great question. Saturday. Okay. Saturday. Ooh, I might be able to see that live. Very interesting. Um, go Jackets. Um, so Louisville, Saturday at home at 4 p.m. I think that's a bigger test than Notre Dame, to be completely honest. Um, and it, it, if, if Tech shows up pretty well against Louisville, then who knows? We might be able to get a bye for the second year in a row and well, well, we would have had one last year, if, you know. Everybody listening. Gestures widely at, you know, NCAA, BS. Um, I'm a count it, uh, but I think this is the first time we could get a bye, at least in two back-to-back years and in quite some time. So, you know what? I'll I'll take it. I, uh, as, as an Atlanta sports fan, I don't like counting my chickens before they hatch. Uh, and as this, I will be cautiously optimistic and, you know, biting my fingernails the entire way. <sighs> I uh, You don't get expectations from me. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I'm ready to be disappointed. You know, like, I- I'm glad we're at the point where now I have some expectations. And-, and I think we should have some expectations. It's an old team. They called us a veteran team on ACC Network tonight. That's... You know, that's we're living the year that Passner said he was building for, and let's see if they can take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's just, just kind of got to wait and see because there's still what 30, 35 games left, at least thirty yeah. games left. Yeah, um, we are quite a, no, not thirty. Um, they're only playing what twenty seven, so I think we 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 still have like 
18 or 20 left, though. Yeah, I don't – I my knowledge of basketball scheduling is just whew, non-existent. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I uh, went up to uh, the RPI tab on CBS's website, and they uh, they just updated it. Colgate played their first game, and they're 1-0. and um, Fantastic. Which is, um, the number one RPI in the country, essentially by default, their trend is moving up 352 spots uh, week over week. So incredible. Good for Colgate, I guess. Good old Patriot League. You uh, you love to see it, I guess. I, I, I don't, I'm lost. I, I think this is where we let that one drop. <laughs> yeah, this is where we move on. Uh, Mr. Grant, you said you had some. Uh mention of some golf news yeah they had their uh qualifier um what was i gonna say that's about that's about that we don't really know most of the results last i checked because uh, my source is twitter hooray um so we don't really know who's coming out of it but uh georgia tech will have a golf team and presumably of spring season and i saw a cactus so uh it sounds like they got some away time too all right. Seems seems legit. All right. Well, let's move on to our uh, lots of lots of football news. So uh, we have a couple different categories. Where would you like to start? Um, can we get recruiting out of the way? I'm not a recruiting guy. All right. So uh, in recruiting news, and I'm definitely going to butcher at least one of these names. Um, linebacker Ayinde Ali uh, from Maryland and uh, flex player Kyrick McGowan from Northwestern are both transferring into Georgia Tech uh, starting this spring. Uh, so that's that adds to I think McGowan is the sixth player that was based in Georgia as a prep school athlete um, to transfer back into Tech this cycle. Um, and then Ali, uh, with the loss of David Curry uh, in the center of the defense, he's going to be a real big help uh, shoring that spark up. Uh, I'm I'm trying to trying to find some notes that are the rest of our you know more recruiting oriented writers uh, talked about these two players. So I'm going to let you vamp on these guys for a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of this pickup from. Uh, whatchamacallum, Northwestern. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm a little bit biased. You all know I'm a Midwestern dude, but I, I think he was not a insignificant part of their offense this year. And, uh, we know that they had some success and I think this is, this is probably the thing on the recruiting trail that I'm most like, Oh, guys have done stuff. Like, let, let's get them locked in. Um, obviously, you know, we'd love to have the five-star development program started from scratch, all that good uh, uh, staff mumbo-jumbo. Um, but we also like them seeing them pulling guys who can uh, contribute right away, and I think these both fill uh, a need on the offense and the a defense in a safety valve role and in a, wow, this is the first time we haven't had David Curry since the Orange Bowl season role too. Uh, I mean, I think you might be talking about potentially like the 1950s orange bowl season it seems like <laughs> yeah that too uh, so some notes on mcgowan's that's the first one that i found first 
Um, he is a matchup guy. Like he he's he plays a lot of different positions. You can put him anywhere along at, at any receiving position, whether it's in the backfield, where it's in the slot, and he will create matchup issues for the defense. And he's also really good at creating separation between defenders. Uh, per our guys that know more than us, um, that was something that Tech's younger receiving core really struggled with this season. Um, and, and adding that sort of veteran presence um, will help Tech stretch the field vertically, which is really something that they miss this season yeah. because Jeff Sims did not throw deep a whole lot. Um, every time they tried it, it didn't work. So they stopped trying it. So um, adding that to the portfolio here is a big help. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, just that, that uh, outlet right there, right quick. Mm -hmm. And especially if, if you have, uh, you have another weapon to add as a slot receiver. I mean, you already have Nate McCollum on the roster and you also have Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. You add McGowan as a, as another slot, slot receiver. You can now go four wide and even five wide um, with Gibbs going out and being another receiver with trips on the trips on one of the sides. Uh, and now you have a lot more room to work with horizontally, so you can create a lot more space both horizontally and vertically. Which somewhere there's going to be an open receiver. Um, yep you're gonna you're just gonna waltz into it. it it has to happen in that case yeah i uh i agree you're a little more schematic than i would be but um i yeah good point you give me give me a little bit too much credit i would say but uh moving on to ali which is i think the pronunciation i'm gonna go with ali um he has two years of eligibility left so that's really good especially when you're losing a, a um a defensive leader like Curry, you get a guy that has the experience um, and you also have him for a couple years uh, in order to train him up and, and uh, train him up not only schematically, but also, you know, as a defensive leader. Um, uh, one of our guys notes, he was all Big Ten in 2019, but because of uh, injury, he only played three games in 2020. Uh, I think for us, we're looking at a guy that just it's plug and play with David Curry's slot or one of the other linebackers alongside Curry um, where he could have an instant impact the minute that he steps onto campus, steps, steps onto the field. Uh, this different from, you know, the other guys that tech has grabbed from the transfer portal. Um, Ali is from Maryland. So this is actually, you know, you're, you're pulling from a, from a different place. You're getting a guy that, that, Maybe he wasn't happy with the situation in Maryland. Obviously, we, we don't know that. We only know that he's coming here, and we're thankful for that. Uh, but you're getting a guy from, you know, a different part of the country, different program um, that's coming into maybe uh, coming into our program. And, you know, um, all Big Ten isn't nothing. So I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah, agreed. Okay, we should uh, we should stop talking about stuff that neither of us uh, can talk in detail about and keep moving down the chain here. Uh, just a couple of other news items uh, before we uh, wrap up here. Uh, talking about the NFL draft, uh, David Curry did declare, like we talked about last week, Jalen Camp has also declared he was also invited to the NFLPA's Collegiate Bowl. Uh, that actually is not being staged in person this year because if, you know, pandemic um so we'll, we'll sort of see what his involvement entails there 
Uh, in terms of other awards around the country uh, and around the region, uh, Presley Harvin III was named a Consensus All-American, which is super awesome. Uh, that is, uh, I believe, the first one since Calvin Johnson, uh, if I read the press release correct um, or correctly. Uh, we are still waiting on Ray Guy results. I have no idea when those will be out, uh, but hopefully he snags that one too. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs were mentioned as part of the Athletic Atlanta's 21 stars for 2021, uh, with Sims at number 20 and Gibbs at number 17. So yeah, that about rounds out, you know, the award circuit. Any any thoughts there? Um, yeah, Presley being up against uh, two rivals for the Ray guy definitely has me. This this is a win or lose situation. There's no like it's, it's black or white. Ray guy, you know. It's, it's very black and white this. Yep. But uh you know, we will we'll have to ride that one out, I guess. Yeah. That's uh that's just something that we're going to have to feel our way through. Um a couple of other end of season notes. Uh final SP Plus rankings came out earlier today. Tech finished 73rd in the nation with the 81st ranked offense. 60th ranked defense and 108th ranked special teams. Just for some context, their ranks in 2019, they finished 111th overall uh, with the 117th ranked offense, 71st ranked defense, and 119th ranked special teams. So just based on those numbers, what are your what are your thoughts? Um I'm kind of surprised special teams was up, to be honest. Um, oh, wait, no. Am I reading this right? Last Yes. Okay. You're reading yeah. it right. I was going to say, I saw the minus one point. I was like, okay, what? Um, but, yeah, no, I'm a little bit surprised special teams is up, um, especially considering the start of the year we had there. Um, in general, other stuff saw in incremental improvement, and I like that. Um what was I going to say? I, I still would like to see more from this defense. Um, we hear a lot about how it's such a transition, yada, 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 transition, transition, biggest of all time. But uh, the defense is, is not running the triple option. Um, so it never did. What it never a surprise. Um, I, uh, I, I will say it's above the offense. It's ahead of the offense. Good. I expect it. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see more improvement. Um, and I, I think we did see that. Um, they learned how to put together a full game of being good at defense. Um, and there was definitely a couple games that uh, they, they were a, if not the sole, but a big reason why we were still hanging around, uh, even uh, with a chance to win late. Um, offense, big step up. I think we get pretty seriously knacked by uh, a couple of our key problems. But, you know, having a non-freshman quarterback who has actual time to learn the system and learn how to uh you know be a quarterback i think that'll be great um i'm not gonna say that we're gonna go you know 12 and 0 next year or anything like that but i think a five or six win season is eminently possible and i think would be a another big step listen if we can go from 111 to 73 that is a 38 spot improvement. If we do that again, you're at 31 or is that mm, math is hard. Um, 
Uh, 30, that's a 38 spot improvement. You're talking yeah. about no, 30, 35. Oh, okay. Wait, really? 35, 35. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I pulled out the calculator. Wow, this is bad. Uh, wow, uh, you're the one that's still getting an engineering degree. This, this say, is really I another, bad. I have another semester of school left. I better get on this. Um, but uh, no, it. If we make the same improvement, we'll be at 35, and I don't think anybody would be uh, would be arguing that that is not a smashing success. Granted, it 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 gets more marginal to improve, but hey, if we can do half of that, then we'll be between 50 and 60, and I'll take that too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I have in the show notes here. This is I think we kind of expected this level of improvement, right? This 38 slot improvement especially just because of not being hot garbage on offense, like just that should, should merit a significant improvement. And I, and they were not just not hot garbage this year. They were, they were decent. I think 81 is obviously weighted down by a lot of those turnovers and a lot of those just weird fumbles. Um, And, and, and also sometimes the offense, like I, I, I don't think there was ever a time where I was like the offense is seriously putting us at risk of not scoring in this game, um, which was different from 2019 where I thought that pretty frequently uh, to my own detriment. Um, I think the key theme here is that this is what we expected. This was the, this was the improvement that we expected from the season but boy, was it frustrating to get that improvement, especially because you could yeah. see and you knew just by watching these games that there was more improvement. You you left improvement on the table. And we talked about this last yeah. week or the week before when we mentioned um, expected wins and second order wins, right? Um, like Tech underperformed its expected wins by, I think, 1.2 wins. Um, they left a mm-hmm. ton on the table versus um, Syracuse and then in in some of these later games like like NC State and and Pittsburgh where they were in games they just couldn't they couldn't finish it out and finish the comeback so uh, that's sort of where you run into trouble and that's the next step for next season and the season after that to win those 50-50s versus uh, equal or slightly better teams yep I agree um, and, I, and I think we will we will see a couple things break our way, and if we can clean up just one or two of the glaring things. I think that would make a world of difference, and and I think they, mm-hmm. I think they have it in order to do that. So let's be positive going into twenty twenty one. Better than twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. The last last thing I'll say, and you already brought it up, but I, I just want to emphasize, like having an actual off season. Um, and obviously, we're still dealing with COVID, but having a non knowing the conditions with which you can operate in COVID is a big deal for an off season because that at least allows you to know how much of an actual off season you can have, which is, which will help uh, the, the development of Jeff Sims as a quarterback immensely, especially when it comes down to timing with, with his receivers and timing uh, and timing on, on some of these mesh plays. Uh, that's where you saw a lot of the fumbles, a lot of the weirdness, uh, and a lot of the picks where he just couldn't get the timing down. You know he has the arm talent. You know he has the decision-making capability as the as the timer goes off and now we're into stoppage time. Um, you know, he, he has 
he has those soft skills. He just needs the timing to bring it all together with his offense. And I think having a semi-normal offseason will really help him with that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, <sighs> okay. Uh, last bit of business before you wrap up here uh, in stoppage time. The ACC went winless in bowl season. Does this matter? No. Okay. That's a good <laughs> – that's about what I was going to say, but care to expand instead of just give me a flat answer? <laughs> uh, NC State was in spitting distance of a win. Uh, UNC, until they completely imploded in the last five minutes without most of their offense. Whatever. Um, you know, Miami, three-point loss, not a big deal. Um, what was I going to say? Who's the other one? Wake Forest? Ah, they kind of let it get away from them in the fourth quarter. That one. Was and the, the other one two are the playoff games. And the other two were playoff games. And I don't see you in the playoff other conferences. Um, don't mind Alabama. But Alabama is the SEC. You heard it here first. Um, and Ohio State's really good, too. So, you know, I uh, I put almost no stock in it. I'm fairly certain Notre Dame would have won. A game against any other team in the country besides the three that were ranked ahead of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Um, it's pandemic year. Some of our teams didn't play. You put Pitt in a bowl, they're going to mess up somebody's day. You know, that, and they didn't. Um, things I think matter more. Um, let's not have giant brawls in, in the middle of bowls. That's bad. Yeah, uh, that would. Uh, that, that's not great. I'm trying to think of other things that matter. Uh, the Rose Bowl still matters, even though that one hurt to watch. Um, the granddaddy at the mall. Um, yes. Let's see. Other things that still matter. Um, clearly not any other bowls if you're ESPN, because all they do is talk about the college football playoff. But you know what? All of it goes out the window. Next Monday, we're going to get to watch two really good teams play a game of football. Neither of them are our rivals. Alabama used to be, but like, lol, not anymore. Um, Alabama's forgiven for, you know, keeping Athens out of any sort of meaningful competition for however long this has been going now. Yep. Um, Agreed. And then, um, let's see. Yeah, no. Whoever wins on Monday, next Monday night, Athens loses. And uh, that's okay. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, I think this was a weird year, and you also have to keep in mind, Dan Mullen, for how dumb his 2021 comment was, there's also a bit of a grain of truth in that, right? Like this, it it's bowl season. It's inherently a little bit different. Every team faces a, a different kind of challenge, and this year's challenge were some of the most, I guess, uh, inter- <laughs> interesting uh, that we could face. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you kind of got to just take what you can get. I do have one more note uh, that I realized too late. For it. Having thought about it after we already talked about, uh, about golf and basketball, but uh, we do actually have a men's golf and a indoor track and field schedule. So those, those seasons are happening. Um, I believe track has four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve. Um, well, oh, that's last year's schedule. 
Um, if I updated it to this year's schedule, we would have some. Uh, they're mostly the same as last year, except uh, dropping the non uh, Clemson and Vanderbilt ones. So we will not be flying to Ames, Iowa, but that's probably for the best. What a shame. Uh, yeah. Um, golf looks a little m- more normal. I see a lot of familiar names on there, um, including some that are a little far. So stay safe, boys. Go win us a title. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got nothing to add there. Any, any other last minute items, uh, that you'd like to add? Um, stay safe. Go jackets. Uh, we're, we're every day we get closer to baseball season every day we get closer to another, Hey, maybe we'll win a basketball game. And I think that's, uh, that's refreshing to focus on now that we can kind of get the, I don't know. It, it feels more normal now that giant weird football year isn't a thing anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying there. Even if, even if the situation hasn't really changed, I think more of the classic reasons to love college sports are shining through and less of the unprecedented circumstance TM. So enjoy basketball, enjoy baseball. And if you see anything else, enjoy that too. And uh, who knows, maybe next year we'll be talking about tech in a bowl game. Hope. Fully. All right. That about does it for us tonight. Listeners, thank you all for listening, and we will see you very soon. Oh,